0: Last time on Licensed to Parent.
1: The state of California, the home of Hollywood, the home of Silicon Valley, overwhelmingly voted to regulate children's access to violent video games. The video game industry fought all the way to the Supreme Court. They said we have a constitutional First Amendment right to sell any game to any kid at any age. You cannot stop us. You cannot regulate us. And they conned seven Supreme Court justices, never played pong in their life, overturned the California law. That's
0: Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, head of the Killology Research Group. He knows how the military is trained to kill and warns of the dangers to our children in today's video games. Real dangers. We continue that conversation next on License to Parent. And welcome again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a Christ-centered, year-long residential treatment program for teens in crisis. Teens that have no access to video games or smartphones, in fact, while they're here. And it makes all the difference in the world. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rich Rozell, and our host is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Dave Grossman is once again with us on the line, and Trace, I'll hand it off to you.
2: Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming back and doing a second program with us. This is a, a very important topic.
0: Most people can't put up with us two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is truly the single most important thing I think that I will do this week It's such oh. an honor to be on board with you and the, the amazing ministry that you have out there to uh, to parents and giving them the tools that they need and the guidance they need. And, uh, and from, uh, from a, a faith-based background, it's a very, very important dynamic. You know, we talk in the military about resiliency. That's what I teach the cops in military, resiliency, psychological hardiness, the ability to endure bad things and survive. And around the world... Faith is a pillar. Of resiliency sure. and uh, and if you don't have that you're missing one of the critical tools that are available so whatever your faith is it, it, it's got to be one you can have faith in and I tell you that God isn't hiding under a rock somewhere if somebody tells you that them and a few others know about God there's not much of a God. My God would have his word in every hotel room in the land my God would have his his churches in every street corner and every town in America he would uh, my god would would have his word put out across centuries and millennia and would have been there from the beginning all the way to the end. And there's only one God that that a reasonable human being would put their faith in. And then people say, well, well God, why does God allow all these bad things? God didn't allow it. We let God gave us gave us the free will. Have, we're not God's puppets. I want to live in a world where we have a loving Father, but I'm not his puppet, and we can choose to accept him. So, so this idea of faith and this idea that there's bad things in this world, what do we do about it? god sent you he sent you to do something about it he said in your heart that these are bad so how are you leading your life and what's happening with your wonderful ministry with these children who've been scarred and harmed? This, this dynamic that you're doing to, to heal them with the word and to heal them with a real life. Uh, put away the cell phone, put away the video game and the, and the text messaging and get a life, get a real life. And they walk away from there empowered and, 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 and enriched. And so it's so important that we, we come at this issue from that that critical perspective of faith-based. And uh, we take the bad stuff out and we put the good stuff in. And that's the, you got to take the bad stuff out, but we can put the good stuff in. Dragging your kid to church an hour a week is not going to overcome 40 hours of violent movies and violent video games. you got to take the bad stuff out. And that's one of the great messages that, that you are given and that we can give to all those parents out there.
2: Yeah. Well, you talked about being scarred and harmed. or being scarred and harmed by uh, the kids I see, anyway. Uh, and probably it's emblematic of the whole country of kids, are uh, scarred and harmed by everything you're writing about in your book. Uh, Shepherd's Hill is merely a proving ground for the fact that a, a lot of these uh, uh, brain connections that have been destroyed and, and a lot of the spiritual declension that has you know, spiraled downward and behavior and all that other stuff, it can, it can come back. It, once these kids are relieved a little bit of these things and get to see, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. So... Uh, it's a proving ground for for what you're writing about, but we were talking about the violence and the killing and all that stuff that goes on in video games and, and a lot of our entertainment today. The dictionary defines violence as physical force intending to hurt, damage, or kill. So in order for something to be violent, there has to be uh, uh, intent, malice aforethought type thing, which we learned in, in uh, police work, but... Uh, uh, there has to be some intent, but in the case of the Three Stooges, you brought that up. I know we talked a little bit on, on the last uh, program. You know, Moe smashes a hammer on Curly's head, and the hammer, instead of Curly's head, gets squashed. So it's obvious that it's a, it's all cartoonish, and therefore that's what makes it funny. That's not gratuitous violence. That's comedy. But if but if Mo hit Curly in the head, and then blood spurts all over the place, and then we you know we laugh about that uh, as Curly dies on the sidewalk. That's way different. How is that different on the human psyche as opposed to seeing the hammer smashed, knowing that it's a it's a cartoonish thing yes. uh, rather than Curly's it's, it's head? There's all the
1: difference in the world, and there's a host of research that shows that when the violence is not punished, when the violence is vivid and when the violence is, is uh, it, it – is is not the long term, the hospital time, the blood, the suffering. Well, we don't want to show that, but we want to show the punishment of the long term impact of this violence inflicted. But you know, there was a Three Stooges movie that came on recently, uh, just a few years back, and it was a really a good movie. It was an homage to that time. But at the end of the movie, they had the two Cohen brothers to Say, look, kids, this is a rubber hammer. And they boink each other and say, see, in real life, this stuff harms people, and we can't do this stuff. Uh, uh, There's so much out there that doesn't do that. It scars and stuns our kid. And again, we got to remember that we're biologically primed to seek this data. We were not born with claws or fangs. Our survival tool is our mind. We're able to learn from other people's experience. If there's violence in your environment and you're not immediately personally threatened your survival demands that you watch it. And so what's the one thing on a highway guaranteed to slow everybody down? A wreck, the the wreck. wreck, the more they gotta watch. And so this violence is the addictive ingredient. The one thing on a playground to draw every kid like a fight, they will fight to see a fight on the playground. They're biologically primed to seek that data and the media is using that. Yeah. Starting at 18 months, children respond to it. They see it, they know that it's important, it's real to them, but then puberty kicks in. And suddenly the, the pornography and the sex become part of the addictive dynamic. When they combine the violence and the sex together, it is a toxic, corrosive, horrendous dynamic. Yeah. And we've got to protect our children from it.
2: Yeah, and that's why sex trafficking is, is way up because the the violence and the, and the sexual perversion has uh, parlayed together to create uh, uh, some very unhealthy appetites. Uh, and an audience, uh, not just an audience, participants – to those appetites, and I think you're seeing uh, that sexually, we've become sexually insatiable, and uh, a part of that is leading to the the the, the, tra- the homosexuality uh, and transgender things you're starting to see in America today. When the, when a decathlon winner can't tell you what his gender is, well, he had, he does tell you what gender is. Uh, th- that's a real problem.
0: Speaking but, of sports, real quick, while while you're on that subject, sports is an area, and I've heard arguments back and forth about whether Certain types of sports are appropriate because they're violent, it's said. Now, I will tell you, NASCAR, one of the reasons everybody says they go to NASCAR races is because they want to see the wrecks. And uh, and if you remember roller derby, uh, you know, people yeah. would like that because of, and hockey, it's, you know, people nice. would jokingly say that, you know, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out, you know, because yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of the fun thing. But, you know, in truth, there there is a lot of... Um, uh, well, sports are very physical, and so there may be a fine line between the physical nature of American football, let's say, and uh, and violence of another sort. How do we as parents differentiate between the two when giving our kids a healthy dose of the physical aspect of it without it turning into uh, people beating each other up,
1: let's yeah, say? You know, I think it's, so important when a, when there's a bench clearing fight in a baseball game to tell your kids they're going to be punished for this this is not appropriate behavior. Yes. they're going to lose points they're going to lose value from this we see uh, the hockey player put in the penalty box we we right. we see the the uh, you know the, the football team being being punished with a you know a, a 10 yard penalty or or a one play penalty for for these these things that the players have got to operate by the rules when they break the rules then the players are being punished and we can depict that but when we run into these horrendous depictions of human death and suffering and the heroes you know, breaking bad sons of anarchy sopranos whatever six shows on today where the criminals are the heroes then we do something on the far end there's a scale and there's things that fall all up and down the scale, but at the far end of the evil, evil end of that scale is violence and sex and, and unpunished, vivid depictions of human death and suffering. And we've got to avoid that with all of our heart and soul. And, 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 and whatever things are good and just and righteous and beautiful and perfect, we should think on these things. We should point our, our children at these things and take this stuff out of their life, especially. And this is a key dynamic. We have the brain scan data around the planet. Violent visual imagery inflicted upon children. Their body treats it like it's real. They go into fight or flight mode. And we can show you the brain scan studies around the planet. Well, that le- is yeah, a new that, factor out there. Yeah,
2: you bring up a really good point, and that, that leads me to, a, I hope, to be a really good question. Is there something different or maybe even worse about being amused by the virtual violence that comes at, at us via movies, music, or video games than being fearful of the actual violence of an actual battlefield. How do these two play differently in a person's psyche?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really neat thing. But let's begin with the video games. You know, I wrote the book On Killing, half a million copies sold worldwide, uh, Marine Corps Commandant's required reading, translated a whole bunch of languages. Google scholars says On Killing has been cited over 2,900 times in scholarly works. And, and the, the Part of the book is that in World War II, we found out most of the troops wouldn't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, when left their own devices, at the moment of truth, they couldn't pull the trigger. Only about 15 to 20 percent of our soldiers would even fire. And we knew we had a problem, and the problem was in our training. We had trained them to fire at bullseyes. We have no known case of any bullseyes if attacking our troops. Have you been in the U.S. Armed Forces since the Korean War? You never want shot a, a round bullseye target. A man-shaped silhouette pops at a field of view. You hit the target, target drops. Stimulus response, stimulus response. Like a pilot in a flight simulator, like a kid in a fire drill, modern military and law enforcement training makes killing a condition response to adults with the safeguard of discipline. And, oh, by the way... The video games do the exact same thing to our children. The harm in the video game is vastly worse because you are actually physically inflicting the violence and being rewarded for it. And, And what we're doing is we're taking military and law enforcement training to enable people to kill that are being applied indiscriminately to children. And the harm that's being done by this industry uh, in, across our civilization, it's almost impossible to grasp. And then you add the sleep deprivation. You know, the head of Netflix said his competitor is not one of the other providers. His number one competitor is sleep. The head of Netflix, has flat said, his goal is to steal your sleep. You know, that text message in the middle of the night. Addictive video games. We talked about that on the last segment. You know, all you old-timers remember Tetris. Think Tetris on steroids with crack. Every generation of game becomes more addictive. They know just the right flicker rate, just the right color, just the right plot to make that video game impossible to turn off. You play games all night long, you're, and then you go to work sleep-deprived, and bad things happen or, or with suicides, traffic deaths, and the opiate epidemic. Sleep deprivation creates chronic pain, why the prescription opiates have always been there, why does suddenly everybody wants prescription opiates, because sleep deprivation creates chronic pain, doc, I heard all the time, give me a pill, fill you don't need a pill, you need more sleep, and you need to cut off the caffeine shortly after lunch, they stop and you you're getting deep cycle sleep, that comes back to having your children sleep in a, in a dark room, keep them asleep in the dark by the time they become teenagers. It's terribly important. They sleep in a a totally dark room. We teach in the military, we pass out the sleep mask to people at basic training from the very beginning to sleep with the sleep mask to get truly good sleep. And we teach them sleep hygiene from the youngest days. And, and, you know, I work with the people that do. EQ, emotional quotient, emotional intelligence. What's the baseline that you have emotional intelligence? Oh, yeah, I, I got EQ, baby. I got EQ coming out of my ears. Oh, you take a shower? Oh, yeah, yeah. You change clothes? Yeah, yeah. Do you get a good night's sleep? Oh, sleep is for the dead. Eh, you just lost. right? You failed the right. test on emotional intelligence. And it's a, a biological blind spot. It's a social blind spot. This whole idea that we don't need sleep and that they can steal our sleep and steal our children's sleep. A cop came up to me during one of the breaks in presentation. He said, I had a good girl. She was an A student. She said, Dad, it's embarrassing. You don't have to take my cell phone. have not, you can trust me. He said, so I trust her. Let her keep her cell phone. He it's a little while later. She took her life. Mm-hmm. He said, my little girl took her life. And we never yeah. knew the hell she was living in until we looked at the text messages on her cell phone, night after night of ceaseless, relentless, vicious bullying. And he can't just ignore that stuff. We're not wired that way. She's up all night long trying to defend herself, trying to find somebody to stand up for He said, I understood. My little girl was bullied to death. What I didn't understand, she was sleep deprived, tormented, and bullied to death in front of my eyes, and I let it happen. He said, I can't ignore that text message in the middle of the night. How can we expect our children to? Please protect your children as you love your children as you love our way of life. Protect your kids from this toxic culture.
2: Absolutely right. Uh, Earlier you mentioned how the the criminals are now the heroes, and I think that this is playing out, just as you said, from the non-punishment that's going on from the violence in our city streets today. And I know kids who have dropped out of of college because they were playing violent video games all night long and couldn't answer the bell in the morning, and they just got so far behind in their schoolwork, they just dropped out of promising futures
1: large chunk of our freshmen fail out in the first semester because these addictive games and there's no mommy to make them sleep. By the way, to all your listeners, there's a great resource out there called ScreenStrong.com, S-C-R-E-E-N, Strong.com. It takes a medical approach to video game addiction, cell phone addiction, and it has another dynamic. Will your child go to college and implode? So, as your child learned, if we pay vast amounts of money, we put the future of our children and we turn them loose in that first semester, and a huge portion of them immediately implode because the violent video games, the addiction, the sleep deprivation, teaches your children at a young age. and. Uh, and understands greenstro dot com is a great resource for parents on they they 've got a little detox program they 've got information they take this from a medical addictive model and it is it is important, but it is also a spiritual dynamic. And that's the other half of the equation that you guys do so well in your program.
2: Yeah, Well, I think that's 100% of it, but it's the foundation built under everything else we've been talking about. But We're up against a break. Indeed we are. Our guest today on License
0: to Parent is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He's uh, the director of Killology Research Group and author of the bestseller On Killing, The Psychological Cost of Learning to Kill in War and Society. And a book that we've been discussing both last week and in last week's program and today as well, Assassination Generation, Video Games, Aggression, and the Psychology of Killing. You can find that book on his website, killology.com, or wherever you get your books. And we'll be back with more conversation with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman right after this on Licensed to Parent.
3: In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by troubledteen.org
0: Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at License to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicenseToParent.org slash wise phone. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. And by the way, if you would like to hear last week's program, the first with Dave Grossman, you can listen to it as well as other past programs on our website, licensedtoparent.org. Now, today we're continuing our talk with Lieutenant Colonel Grossman about his book, Assassination Generation,
2: Video Games, Aggression, and the Psychology of Killing. Trace? People who enjoy the the sports we're talking about, the UFC fights or the NFL, boxing, NHL, NASCAR, whatever the case may be, um, they couldn't fathom a life without them, right? And and you're talking to an an auto racer. I'm a former auto racer who to this day will fast forward through a four-hour NASCAR race to watch the wrecks. Rex used to cost me money and health. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, I, I'm just admitting what's in our human nature. But it seems the same is true for video game players. And and even with many parents of these young gamers, uh, why can parents watch the NHL or the UFC or even a NASCAR race and, and be anxiously awaiting a violent crash, a knockout punch, uh, a fist fight at a hockey game that happens in real time in real life while at the same time... Telling Junior he can't play Mortal Kombat or Halo, which is one hundred percent virtual.
1: Yes, and and there's there's a difference. You know, the, it, when somebody in the NASCAR when there's an accident, uh, people the fans go silent, and uh, and we realize something negative has happened here. Mm-hmm. In the video game, when you inflict vivid depictions of human death and suffering, it's rewarded. It's reinforced. Right. There's all the difference in the world. And we got to understand that when there is death, you know, we don't see the vivid depictions of the mangled, mutilated body. We would not show that to our children. And yet that's what they're inflicted with in the the movies, the television, and and especially the video games where they personally inflict the death and suffering and are rewarded for it. This pathological play, this dysfunctional play.
0: You know, there is something to be said uh, for the old Alfred Hitchcock movies. Alfred Hitchcock was the master of suspense, but Mm -hmm. he was not the master of blood and gore. Generally right. speaking Like is, Quentin is, Tarantino Yeah well I was, I was about to say You can see different sides of I would even say it's a different coin But uh, but yeah there, there's one thing to be Caught up in the suspense Without having to be inflicting yourself With the, uh, the blood and gore of it
2: Yeah well Dave how, how can parents help organize more people In their church and community To get on board with putting a governor On some of the nonsense our kids are exposed to In our culture today
1: how, You know what how I tell we, people Get involved in grassroots politics. You know, your city council, uh, your school board, if you give me the choice Tune, who would be president and who would be fifty thousand school board members, I'll choose fifty thousand school board members because they rock our world at the baseline level. Nah, president's important, but you can't influence that. But you can influence your city council. You know, do you even know who's in charge at the county level? Do you know who it is? Do you know who the mayor is and who's on the city council? And, and these these school boards are deciding what we put in front of our children. I, I think that we need to be held accountable as a church, as believers are not getting out there in the world. There's so many scripture that talks about our responsibility right. to the city, that God looks down upon the city, of the members of the city. There's so many times when that word is held up in an area of ministry that we can make a change, obviously, within your church. Start setting up a, a, a detox program. Start setting up a, a dynamic to your church activities and putting the kids on a schedule and enforcing the rating systems. But then the next step above that is local politics. We can rock our world from the grassroots. There is so much you can do. Number one, hold your children and your family up in prayer. Number two, God's word commands us to not forego the gathering yourselves together. That going to church is a commandment, and then the, the whole dynamic of, of of what it is that we worship. Do we worship that big screen TV? Is that what's in front of our lives every day? Can we turn it off and have a devotional and a prayer and some time with our children? There's so much that we can do. Jesus said a better for you if a if an anchor was tied around your neck and you're thrown into the sea than to harm one of these little ones. Exactly. And that's what we're doing. And the pastor should be crying out from the pulpit and it's not happening. But it right. comes back to information and propaganda, disinformation, an incredibly influential industry who refuses the print media now the newspapers you know again I I co-authored a book with Glenn Beck Control exposing the truth about guns Uh, New York Times number one bestseller not one single review the print media the magazine maybe everybody everybody refuses to say to about it. The first two-thirds of the book say the guns didn't change. The last third says the new factor is that sick stuff we're feeding our children, and they mm. will not, Not no print media, no newspaper, no magazine, nobody in America would make a single review about a New York Times best-selling book. That's how mm. sick it has become. It that is, is how twisted this industry it's is. It's systemic. When they, all of them, in unison, refuse to report on this subject, and we've got to work outside. We've got to listen to the podcast. We've got to listen to the radio shows. We've got to keep ourselves informed, and that's what you guys are all about. May God use this time and this message to rouse the hearts of parents and the hearts of believers out there to lead us down the path that you outline right there for us, how true well, it is, how desperately we need it.
2: Amen. Dave, I am so blessed to be able to hear the passion come out of your voice because I feel like sometimes I'm on an island by myself talking about this. Uh, I'm glad to hear that someone's got uh, arguably more passion than I have on this, but we are out of time, man. We're going to have to uh, put this together in a a three-hour-long podcast. Praise God. We would
0: love to do that in the future. And uh, if you did not catch last week's program, we invite you to go to our website, LicensedToParent.org. And you can listen through that one and listen through this one again if you need to. You'll find all of our programs on org. And our guest today is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Uh, Dave is the director of Killology Research Group. He's been actively involved since his time in the military with with training the military, training the police, but also uh, training the mental health industry, uh, training folks involved in uh, disasters, for example, the aftermath of uh, the many school shootings, and uh, and he's he's very passionate, as you can tell, about the effects of the violence that we willingly bring into our lives his uh, best-selling book from years back on killing the psychological cost of learning to kill in war and society and uh, the much more recent book that we've been talking about these past two weeks assassination generation video games aggression and the psychology of killing you can find his books on his website killology.com or wherever you get your books and that does wrap up today's *Licensed to parent we do want to mention also that one of the things that we talk about on this program and one of the things that came up in this conversation is the fact that our kids have the Internet attached to them 24-7 through smartphones and, and or through, through laptops, through tablets, and this is something that we want to see change. If you'll go to our website, LicensedToParent.org, forward slash wise phone, We've got some information about how you might be able to turn this smartphone problem around in your family and uh, and find a way to, to help advance uh, <laughs> the cause of Christ in your own family through a resource that could be of great help to you. Again, that's LicensedToParent.org forward slash wise phone if you'd like details. Our technical producer on Licensed to Parent is Carl Peets. Our guest coordinator is Daniel Fazina. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rozzel, inviting you to join us again next time and once again to renew your License to Parent.
2: And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.